Hello and welcome to this special edition of Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Today we speak to Valerie Witsani of One More Soul and we also speak to 12-year-old pro-life activist Leah Mills. Our artist of the week is David McDonald and our man in black is Father James Mallon of Halifax. But we begin with an opening commentary from June 2009. There were three memorable anniversaries this past week. On Monday, June 1st, was the 40th anniversary of the recording of Give Peace a Chance. 40 years ago, John Lennon and Yoko Ono had their historic bed-in at the Queen Elizabeth Hotel in Montreal, yay Montreal, and recorded the well-known peace hymn. On Tuesday was the 20th anniversary of the Soviet retreat in complete defeat from Afghanistan. And on Thursday was the 20th anniversary of the Tiananmen Square massacre in China, resulting in some 2,600 deaths, according to the Chinese Red Cross. I'm sure many of you remember that iconic photograph taken on June 5th, 1989, of the young Chinese man, the unknown rebel, standing in defiance in front of the four advancing tanks, a photo that became symbolic of the end of the Cold Era. But something else also happened last week. Late-term abortionist George Tiller was shot and killed. Now let me be very clear about this. Whoever shot Mr. Tiller cannot call himself pro-life. While the motives of the shooting have not been reported, the shooter may have very well been anti-abortion, but certainly not pro-life. Pro-lifers don't believe that killing is an adequate solution to any problem even if that problem is murder itself. Being pro-life is more like standing in front of a tank, risking your life for a greater cause, standing for peace and justice. Because being pro-peace and pro-justice is being pro-life. So tonight, let's remember all those who not only sang for peace, but also who fought selflessly for justice, for freedom, for those who've died in the pursuit of peace, and the many who've risked their lives to make the world a better place. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. That was a commentary from June 2009. Here now is David McDonald with his song, Break Me. And it burns I thought that I was on the right 
Man, this is a special edition of Salt and Light Radio that was David McDonald with Break Me. We'll be talking to him later on in the program. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. The year for priests has come to a close, and we haven't had a man in black in a while, so... Our man in black today is Father James Mallon of Halifax, Nova Scotia. Father James, welcome to Man in Black. Pedro, it's a great privilege to be on Man in Black. So, 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 Father... and, and, I, and I have to tell you, right now, I'm walking down a street in London, England, and <laughs> I am dressed in black. I was gonna, I was gonna say you are in England. So, what are you doing there? I'm at an international Alpha conference. I'm, I'm one of the speakers. Okay. And I'm gathering with uh, people from about 60 different countries, and uh, I'm helping out with the what's called the Bishop Stream. They have a number of Catholic bishops from South America, India, and a few. Most that's where most of them are from. There's a couple. There's one from France, but mostly the the Asia and South America. So I'm doing talks for priests and bishops, okay, and just kind of hanging out, enjoying things here in London. But is it Alpha? It's not. Is the conference is for Alpha in general, not for specifically for Alpha Alpha for Catholics? No, it's Alpha in general. Uh, however, there's a special focus on on working with bishops. Okay. And so there's a whole uh, the whole staff who work here at Holy Trinity Brompton, the Anglican Church that developed the that, that yeah. developed the Alpha course. Yeah. And they have invested an incredible amount of resources in helping Alpha take root in the Catholic Church, especially in South America. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so what we want to do today with you 
uh, Mr. Man in Black, is that we're going to do like a little bit of a game show, except that there's no audience and you're the only one playing. So there's no prizes what's either. What's the prize? Do I, do I get a prize? <laughs> there's no prizes either. So it's no really... prize? What kind of a game show is it? This? It's really not at all like a game show. That that, that was just... Uh... All right. So okay. you, you okay. got me here. Um, there's I hope no... I pass. I hope I win. Um, um, but what we do have is we have a bunch of random questions. Like, well, like, what did you have for breakfast this morning? And, and hopefully, uh-huh. in the midst of the randomness, we'll, we'll, we'll find some depth. Because you're a man of depth. Excellent. Sounds good? Okay, so the first, good. the first segment is called Choices We Make. Okay, so I'm going to ask you uh, several rapid-fire questions. And you get, to choose yeah. between, you get to choose between two items, like peanut butter or cashew butter, okay? Sure. Okay, so uh, film or TV? Film. Really? What's your favorite film? My favorite film, oh my goodness. Uh, mm, yeah, that's or, putting a guy on the spot. Okay, so one, I could uh, name you about 50, but. <laughs> okay, so, uh, and that's. that's that... uh, Ch- Changing Lanes. Oh. Well, one, of, one of my favorites. Okay, very good. And film. Very theological. I also like TV as well. Okay. <laughs> but my, my, two, my two favorite TV shows just ended uh, oh. Lost and 24. Really? What are you going to do now? Yes. I don't know. I'm going to have a lot more spare time. Uh, <laughs> okay, let, let's do the next one. Next one is uh, a little, okay. l- a little more serious. The Gospel of Matthew or the Gospel of John? Oh man, that's a tough one. I'd have to, if I'm forced, I'd have to choose the Gospel of John. Really? Why is that? Yes. Um, I, there's just so much more. Well, it's, it's just so distinctive. I mean, obviously Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you know, they're so I similar know. and all yeah. of that. John just stands out, and I find myself, I go to John as much as I do the other three Gospels that are called Synoptic Gospels. Yeah. Uh, I go to John as much as I do to all three of the others combined. Right, yeah. No, I know. It's not really a fair question, because you can't really compare. Um, now, if you'd asked me Luke or John, I'm, it might have been a bit more close. Oh, really? So, so if the Synoptics, oh, yes. Luke Luke's is... Gospel is, is is my favorite uh, synoptic. Oh, good. Gospel. So you're 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 enjoying this year, this uh, yeah. liturgical year. Um, okay, next one: breakfast or dinner? <sighs> no, see, I grew up in Scotland, so by dinner you mean lunch or supper? <laughs> I mean the evening meal. <laughs> oh, the evening meal. Well, I would have to say my favorite meal is definitely the evening meal. The evening meal, and and in Scotland, yeah, what would that be? Meal. What would that evening meal be in in Scotland? Growing up for you. Well, in Scotland, it might be definitely fish and chips on Fridays. Really? Uh, it would be. Uh, we're, we're in Scotland. We tend to be a bit of a kind of meat and potatoes crowd. Yeah. You know, and then you then you deep fry everything. Okay, I have one last one for you, and and you're gonna appreciate this one: Mac or PC? Well, that's uh, that's a very easy one. Uh, of course, that would be Mac. Yeah, you're a you're a Mac guy, aren't you? I'm a total a total a very very biased. <laughs> okay, you haven't gone off and bought an iPad yet? No, no, I don't need an iPad. Uh, you know, it's kind of, iPads kind of like split between a laptop and an iPhone, right? Yeah, and you have those. So I think an iPad would be great for people who don't want to own a personal computer because, you know, most of the stuff most people do in computers is like word processing, internet, yeah. email. The iPad would be really cool for that, but it's too big to fit in my pocket. Right, exactly. Anyway, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. My name is Pedro, and this is our segment, The Man in Black. Um, and our Man in Black of the Week is uh, Father James Mallon, who is from Halifax, but he's right now in London, England. Now, I'm going to ask you a couple little... This one's a little more serious, uh, Father James. Okay. Um, when you were little, what did you want to do when you grew up? Uh, 
I don't think I wanted to be anything when I, when I was little. <laughs> uh, but when I was in high school, okay. uh, maybe I wanted to be a soldier. I wanted to be a soldier. Really? Yes. Like go to war and stuff. Well, yeah, I suppose that's probably not a very priestly thing to admit. But, yeah, it was like uh, when I was a kid, we used to run around and play soldiers. And I used to play toy soldiers. And I used to read comic books about war and all this. <laughs> right. Well, that's kind of normal for a little boy. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that's normal. How old were you when you moved uh, to Canada? I was 13 years old so oh. when I moved from Glasgow to Canada. Okay, so so you were not that little anymore. No. Yeah. Um, uh, th- 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 this one's a little more serious. What th- What is one of your deepest fears? My deepest fear is of, uh, I guess, kind of grieving the Holy Spirit, messing up, you know, like right. uh, through my example that I would somehow hurt people or hurt people's ability to respond to God. Right. You know, that would be my, 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 my deepest fear, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot at stake, you know, and be, being, being a priest, there's so much at stake, and yet I know myself to be such an imperfect human being, you know, like so, sometimes so weak, you know, and, uh, and you just say, Lord, you know, just stop me from, don't let me mess it up too bad, <laughs> too right. badly, you know? Yeah. But God is good, and God, God gives you the grace that you need. Yeah, definitely. Now you're uh, you're big responsi- big responsibility as a priest. You actually have a, an amalgamated parish. You have two parishes. Um, what is what? What are your hopes for your parishioners or for your parish? Well, yeah. Well, we had to, initially it was two parishes. One of the things we had to do was to make that parish into one parish. Uh, now we still have both buildings, uh, uh-huh. but we amalgamated everything else. We have one office. We have one one set of committees. We put all the ministries together, and we changed the name of our parish and tried to create a sense to challenge our parishioners to see beyond uh, just my association with this particular building, to, to rethink what it means to be church. Right. And I guess my greatest wish for my parishioners would be to really grasp the potential that we have as a parish church to be alive and to make an impact on people's lives and on the community if we really open our hearts to the Lord, if we really surrender our own agendas to Christ and, and allow the Holy Spirit to come and come and move in our hearts. And if we recognize the gifts we have from God and give them to God to, uh, you know, to, to, be, to be used for the kingdom, that's what I would love. If that happens, man, our, things would be different. Nice. Thank you very much. That's all the time we have, eh? That's it. You won the big prize of the game show. Uh, oh, yeah. wow. You got to have a 10-minute conversation with me. How good is that? <laughs> <laughs> All good answers, Father James. I won't take any more of your Thanks, time. Pedro. I know you've got to keep strolling the, the evening in London, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave yeah. you to that. God bless. God bless you. Okay. That was our man in black of the week, Father James Mallon. He's pastor of St. Thomas Aquinas Canadian Martyrs Parish in the Archdiocese of Halifax, Nova Scotia. I am Pedro Guevara Man, and I am not wearing black. I'm Mark Mallet, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel. Sirius 159 and XM 117. Perhaps you think that when it comes to sex, the Catholic Church has a big resounding no. Would you be surprised to hear that the opposite is true? When it comes to sex, the Catholic Church and God say yes. To talk to us a bit more about this, we are joined by Valerie Wizzani, Executive Director of One More Soul Canada. Hello, Valerie. Hi there. Hello. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thank you. It's great being here. Yeah, thanks. So you just, you're just coming out of the National Theology of the Body Conference that just took place yes. last weekend in, in Saskatoon. 
tell us a bit a bit about this conference, what it was, how it came about. Wow, you know, just coming from the conference, I just have this amazing feeling of excitement about what is God is doing in the church today. And, you know, this conference actually came about uh, through a priest, Father Gerard Cooper. He's our spiritual director for One More Soul Canada. And when he first suggested it to me, I said, no, I just can't take another project on. <laughs> and that was two years ago. Mm-hmm. And all during that summer long, God kept on giving me these ideas and these inspirations of speakers to invite and right. people to ask to be involved with, different organizations to co-sponsor. And from there, <laughs> we basically experienced what we did because of a group effort, a team effort of several organizations that work together. Right now, is this the first time that a Theology of the Body conference uh, to this, of this nature takes place in Canada? I believe it is, yes. Yeah, um, I think so. Yes, you know, having, we had 900 people register, and then we had at least three or 400 people walk in the door. Really? Which was absolutely amazing. We didn't expect that. We did expect a full house, but we didn't expect that many people to walk in. <laughs> well, there's certainly a lot of interest. Can you tell me a little bit of what the, what the activities were, who the speakers were? Absolutely. We, on Friday, we had Dr. Janet Smith, and uh, she uh, works for the um, seminary in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And then we had Christopher West all day on Saturday. Yeah. We had Dr. Mary Martin. She's actually uh, OBGYN, has superb knowledge in regards to treating infertility okay. using natural methods. Right. So, right. Uh, and then to wrap it all up on Sunday, we had Dr. Michael Waldstein, who originally from Austria, he's right. actually one out of 40 experts to the Vatican. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, it was amazing having him here. He's an academic. He's a professor now at Ave Maria College in okay. Florida. Okay. And uh, just, he actually took the original Polish notes by John Paul II okay. on the theology of the body and translated it into English. Oh, okay. I, then so, I, okay, now I know who yeah. he is. So he's, he's a, you say he's a, an advisor on theology of the body to the Vatican. I believe he's an advisor on just on more than that. Okay. But that is but his that is expertise. His. Now, uh, yeah. for people who are just hearing the term theology of the body for the first time, can, can you quickly tell us what that is and what's maybe the core of the message? I can try my best. <laughs> <laughs> in, in 10 seconds you know, or less. <laughs> yeah, when you read John Paul II's Theology of the Body, um, it's very overwhelming, and it's yes. just kind of most of it goes over your head. Mm-hmm. But from a personal point of view, experiencing what the Theology of the Body means for me is true freedom. Freedom in a culture that um, surrounds us, really, with um, this, like you said in your introduction, with this resounding no yeah. to, to something that is very good that God created mm-hmm. in the first place. So from personal experience, I can say that the theology of the body for me has changed my life for the good. Right. Now, if you want to give, I can give you more. <laughs> well, m- 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 maybe, because we do have time. Let me just say for anybody okay. that might be joining the program at this point that we're listening, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and we're speaking with Valerie Wizzani about the theology of the body. And Valerie's just telling us a little bit more. So in terms of, so it's, it's Catholic teaching yes. on, on sex, love, relationships, marriage, when, when I say that the church says yes to sex, because there's a lot of people who will say yes, yes. to sex, but they have a different idea of sex. So what right. are we talking about here? Well, when you're talking about theology, what that really means is the study of God. And when you're talking about the theology of the body, 
it's actually a study of how the body reveals the mysteries of God. Okay. So what most people find, including myself, is it's the meaning for existence. Mm -hmm. It's the meaning for life. Mm -hmm. And that's what the theology of the body does. It tells us, it calls us to love as God loves in and through our bodies. Mm -hmm. And that kind of sums it up. Our bodies are good. They were created to be good. And so, yeah. therefore, our body is used to serve God in, in however he calls us, whether, whatever vocation you are in, mm-hmm. whether you're in a religious vocation of celibacy, or whether you're married, or whether you're single. The theology of the body is for everyone. Right. So, not just about sex and love right. and relationships, but in terms of our whole purpose as human beings, and sex is part of that. Yes, definitely, yes. And, and love is part of, certainly, of our calling as, as human beings, our calling, our, our purpose as human beings? Right. Specifically, when you get into the vocation of marriage, what the theology, theology of the body means for married couples is that openness to life, that okay. openness to the creative power of God, to actually be co-creators with God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's a huge and wonderful gift that we've been given. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's a good, good uh, natural segue to one more soul, <laughs> um, it is, which, yes. which is your. This is your. Uh, you're the executive director of this organization, One More Soul Canada. W- what is that? Okay, One More Soul Canada was actually started in the United States by Steve Coop and Marianne Walsh. Okay, and it, it was started because they realized they're two pro-life people who were working in the pro-life movement, and they realized that the root cause of abortion was actually contraception. Uh huh. And our Supreme Courts in the United States have already actually proven this in statements whereby um, Griswold versus Connecticut, um, that where they realized that the, they actually made a statement saying that contraception had to remain legal because, or uh, sorry, that abortion, that had, abortion to, yes. had to remain yes. legal because so many people had been relying on contraception, yes. and therefore the fail, the failed use of. So um, they've yeah. made that connection. A lot of pro-life people haven't made that connection, and so they decided that they'd start up One More Soul mm-hmm. to do that. And so my job is <laughs> to promote the blessings of children, to promote natural family planning, and therefore to promote the truth and the beauty of the Church's teaching through the theology of the body. And so you do this through, the, through a resource, w- resource center, a website that, that, that uh, makes resources available to people, books, lectures, yes. that kind of thing, yes. CDs? Yes, we, we have over 300 resources available. As far as I know, we are the only organization that does have that compilation of resources available to parishes, dioceses, priests, organizations, um, internationally, uh, we have resources that go over to Lourdes, France every year, yeah. um, which is very exciting because one of our projects is to do a French translation project. Oh, really? So we're, we taking, should, yeah. Yeah, we're taking many of the One More Soul resources that were created down in the States in Ohio, and we're translating them into French right now. Great. So, yeah. <laughs> great, great. Um, so, and you also have a publication, a, a print a magazine, I know, because I, I receive it, and I and I told you last week when we spoke that I I wish you were able to publish it more more often. The One yes. More Soul magazine newspaper. Yes, yes. Four times a year, we okay. distribute a newsletter. Uh, I believe thirty thousand are distributed throughout uh, North America. Uh, in Canada, we currently only have a small subscription base of about two thousand people, but that yeah. is growing 
growing, growing daily. <laughs> well, hopefully the, so 900, the 900 people yes. that were at the conference yes. <laughs> are now subscribers. Yes. Uh, Valerie, just to go back to the conference, okay. uh, I know it was a lot of work and it took t two years of, of planning and, and, and praying. Uh, are we going to have any more of these? <laughs> you know, my, my first response is, you know, no, we just can't do that. But I never underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I know that God has a plan here, and uh, I, I haven't been included in the total vision of that plan yet, hmm. but I, I totally believe that there's something happening here in the Church today, in the people of God, in our hearts. We're being called to something that is more, that is beautiful, and that is brings us freedom. Yeah, no, I think you're you're uh, you're very true, very right to say that. We're expecting our mini little Theology of the Body conference in Toronto yes. for October, so that's something to uh, set our eyes towards. Yes. Um, thank you so much for joining us today on Salt and Light Radio, Valerie. Thank you. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. It's been a pleasure also here. Thank you. So thank that you. That was Valerie Wizzani, Executive Director of One More Soul Canada, who joined us on the phone from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. To find out more about One More Soul, you can visit their website. It's omsoul, M-O-M-S-O-U-L dot com. And write to us here at Salt and Light Radio. Tell us what you think of the Catholic Church when it comes to love, sex, marriage, and relationships. Send us an email to radio at saltandlighttv.org. Hi, this is Chris Bray, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. This is a special edition of Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and that interview with Valerie Witsani first aired in June 2009. Here now is David McDonald with Holy of Holies. From the mountains and valleys to the inner city alleys, there is no end to your reign. From the angels in heaven to the man in depression, your love will always remain. Holy of holies. Lord, we come to you empty, asking for mercy. Pour out your healing and grace. From the Manhattan skyline to the Calcutta food line, heal all our hunger and rage. Holy of
to salvation Lord, heal the hate and despair Holy of holies Show us what your love David McDonald with Holy of Holies. We'll be hearing from him later on in the program. Here now is an interview from March 2009. Hi, I'm Lila Kanya, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. Over 460,000 views on YouTube, a video posted in English, Spanish, Polish, and Portuguese. What video is it? 12-year-old speaks out on the issue of abortion. It is a speech that Leah, a grade 7 student, prepared for her school. And it is not a Christian school. Joining us on Salt and Light Radio is Leah and her mom, Kim. Welcome, you two. Thank you. Um, can you brief- briefly explain to us what, how this all came about? Yeah, Leah was asked to do a class project, as her whole class was, and um, part of the project was an optional speech contest. Right. During that time, she picked a topic, and she wanted to do the topic of abortion. Mm-hmm. She was asked to um, select a different topic because the teacher thought it was, you know, too, pro- you know, too controversial, too big, uh-huh. you know, perhaps too mature for a twelve-year-old to handle. Right. And um, and so her teachers worked with her to. Pro- try to find a new topic for her. I even was at home trying to help her find a new topic. Um, and she was actually told that if she was to progress with that topic of abortion, she could do her class project, but she would not be able to go on and do the speech competition. But she did anyway. Yeah, we were all kind of surprised when she just announced, no, nope, I'm going to do it. So, Leah, maybe I can ask you this. Um, 
You wrote the speech all by yourself? Mm-hmm. Well, I had a bit of help. My mom helped me with the format. Um, it was based on Romans 9, where there's a question and you answer it. Right. Um, and so, and I also had my teacher help me stay under the five-minute time limit. Right, right. Now, let me ask you this. Why did you pick this topic? Um, it's something that I've always, I've been passionate about. I've seen Lou Engel um, talk about it uh-huh. on a movie once, and I took part in a life, uh, life tape siege. Yeah. And so it's something I've I've always been passionate about, and so when this this opportunity came up, I thought that it'd be a great thing to to do, and yeah. I'd be able to share my my um my view. Yeah, your view, <laughs> which, which 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 is different from other people's view. Mm-hmm. Um, now, your teachers told you that this probably wasn't a good idea. So why did you ignore them, and why like why was this so important to you? Well, I've always had problems with com- um, being. Um, too competitive. And oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I like competitions. But um, God's really been helping me to learn how to step down, as well as my parents. They've they've just shown me that I don't need someone else to to like give me an award or something to make sure that I feel better or I feel good about myself. So I thought that it's more important to serve God than to serve people. Right, so. so you weren't interested in the award, you weren't interested in moving on in the competition, you were interested in, in, in sharing God's Word. Yeah. Um, uh, d- I'm just going to, uh, for, for any listeners that might be joining in at, the, at this moment, uh, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara, man, and we're speaking with a 12-year-old pro-life speech writer. I've given you a new title, Leah. <laughs> um, Leah and her mom, Kim. Um, Kim, let me ask you, um, what... So Leah went ahead with the, with the speech. She did compete at in her classroom, mm-hmm. and so what was the outcome of the situation? Well, her teacher actually ended up being so impressed with her speech that her teacher decided that she could be she should be considered to be the class winner. And even people in her classroom who didn't necessarily agree with her position, you know, thought that it was an awesome speech. And so there was a lot of support for her going on. And she had to go through a couple of loops. The teacher right. did in order to be able to have her declared the class winner because of the of the topic. Yeah, and I think during the process, one of the judges ended up stepping down, didn't even want to hear the really? speech. So that was kind of a difficult thing. But she did actually get declared the class winner. The class winner, and she went on to compete at the school level and also won. That's right. And moved on to the regional competition. That's correct. And so a lot of people got to listen to the speech. Thank God, yeah. Thank God. Leah? Mm-hmm. Are you still there? Can you read us the, a little bit of your speech, the beginning, maybe? What if I told you that right now someone was choosing whether you were going to live or die? What if I told you that this choice wasn't based on what you could or couldn't do, what you've done in the past, or what you would do in the future? And what if I told you you could do nothing about it? Fellow students and teachers, Thousands of children are right now in that situation. Someone is choosing, without even knowing them, whether they are going to live or die. That someone is their mother. And that choice is abortion. It's such a strong, strong and powerful beginning. Leah, when you did this in your, in your class with your, with your friends, your peers, or in your school, among your friends, what sort of response did you get from them? Um, well, I kind of used some more mature uh, words in the speech, and so 
so some of the kids didn't really react all that well to that, but most of them were pretty supportive. And okay, yeah, um, uh, Kim, there's been four hundred and sixty thousand views on YouTube. I'm sure that um, the number is increasing every day. Mm-hmm. Um, what has been the response? Yeah, it's just been absolutely overwhelming. When we initially posted it, it was for our friends, you know, and we didn't make it private because we had more than 25 friends we wanted to send it to. So the response has been absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, it's 460,000 on our particular version of it, but then I think there's multiple versions out there somewhere. Exactly, there are. Yeah, and so it's just been an international response. I mean, we have requests from the, the country of Malta, you know, to be able to have a DVD to distribute and requests from Spain to pr- have it on Spanish television. And, you know, daily we're getting, you know, messages from Ireland saying, you know, we're behind you in Ireland. And recently wow. there was a request from Australia. So it's been all over. But you've also heard from, from people who've changed their mind yeah. about whether to have an abortion or not, correct? Yeah. So I think it has a kind of twofold thing. One is the obvious stirring up of people who are pro-life and and maybe kind of borderline to kind of maybe stand for the righteousness sake. But the other side of it, which has been absolutely phenomenal, is that people have actually decided not to have an abortion as a result of watching that video. And the message was, when we get those messages, it's just so exciting. It is, definitely. I mean, it it really, who cares about the competition? Exactly. uh, The real competition that matters is the one that uh, that you're running. Leah, maybe... If we can finish off by you reading the end of your speech, because I love that ending. Thank you for taking time to think about the issue of abortion, to think about the unborn, and to think about the effects of abortion on the mother. If you walk away with anything after this speech, walk away with the words of Horton. You know him, that elephant that risked his life to save that little speck. Remember him and his famous quote. Even though you can't see them or hear them at all, a person's a person, no matter how small. Thank you. You are so welcome. You are such a courageous young woman, and and, uh, I'm so, so glad to have had the opportunity to speak to you um, and your your mom, Kim. I'm sure both your parents are are great parents. Um, Thank you so much for joining us today on Salt and Light Radio. Our pleasure, Pedro. Thank you. That was Leah and her mom, Kim, who joined us on the phone. If you'd like to comment on this issue, we'd love to hear from you. Our address is radio at saltandlighttv.org. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. My name is Pedro Guevara Man. This is a special edition of Salt and Light Radio. Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org. You just heard an interview with Leah Mills from March 2009. Here now is a conversation with our Artist of the Week, David McDonald, from May 2010. This is Kyle Hyman from Papua, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159, XM 117. It's amazing to me how God can call someone who has absolutely no knowledge or previous experience of religion or God But that's exactly what happened to David McDonald, singer-songwriter from Ottawa. I spoke to David last Thursday as he was preparing for the National March for Life in Ottawa. David, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Hey, Pedro. Glad to be here. Yes. um, So, uh, not to get, because we don't have a lot of time, but to get the full story, what was was it like to grow up in the McDonald household? (laughs) 
well, my parents used to play frisbee with plates. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Suffice it to say, there was a lot of fights and there's a lot of arguments, and there was no God. And there's no saying that says, you know, if you have no God, N O God, you have no peace. But if you know yes. God, K N O W, you know peace. And we didn't know God. We so there was a lot of fights. So you didn't have you didn't have God. You didn't have peace. Um, you wanted to be a superstar. You ended up on Broadway. You ended up touring Cats. Tell us a little bit about that lifestyle. Yeah, so I went down to New York at 19, and uh, things really took off for me. I ended up producing rap records in Harlem, and then uh, got an audition on Broadway for a Broadway show uh, called Rock and Roll First 5,000 Years. And uh, after that closed, I ended up doing a couple of movies, one for Paramount, one for Columbia Pictures. So, uh, hanging out with Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Cruise and kind of that generation of actors, and things were really taken off. But, uh, you know, I, I had that hole inside me, you know, that God-sized hole, and, I, and only God could fill it. And there's nothing in this world I could fill it so I could get everything I wanted, but it wasn't enough. And uh, what ended up happening was that I just started spiraling, and I got involved in an abortion uh, with, uh, with my girlfriend at the time. I wasn't living a chaste life, of course, uh, at that time, and uh, I didn't even know what chastity meant, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, and I got involved in an abortion, and we both really spiraled. She was a medical doctor, and she got, uh, you know, she you know, got kind of uh, drugged up after that, and I got all twisted up, and I blew my voice out completely when I was on the U.S. National Tour cast. I was the rock and roll cat, uh, the Rum Tum Tugger, mm -hmm. and I blew my voice out completely right before the Chicago opening, and, and that was the end of my career. I couldn't talk for, uh, for uh, three years, and I couldn't sing for ten years. So that was the beginning the beginning of the beginning. I was going to say the beginning of the end, but the, begin the beginning of the beginning. <laughs> it was the end of me and the beginning of, of Christ in me, you know. And uh, I was up in Montreal, and I just had this. I went up into the oratory, you know, where, where Brother Andre, uh, you know, uh, who was going to be beatified in a couple of months. Yep. Um, uh, just really, he moved in my heart. I didn't even know who he was, you know. And it's just, I just wandered around the tomb of Brother Andre's uh, uh, tomb and and there was this amazing feeling that came over me and right after that I went upstairs and in front of the cross I just lay down on my face and I said Jesus I said I don't know you and I don't know your people but I just ask you'd come and take my heart and take my life and I give you everything I've ever been and everything I ever will be and everything I am Jesus take my life and that was the beginning of a, of a new path for me yeah um, uh, that that full you just given us the uh, you know the three minute version that full um, testimony can be found on your website. So if people are interested in, in reading all the details, the web website is David Mac. Yeah, D? come see me. Yeah, you, that's my that's my music website. Probably the best way to get a hold of me is catholicbridge.com. Okay. Catholicbridge.com. So that's the apologetic site. Um, Catholicbridge.com. Um, uh, it's a fascinating, powerful, powerful story. I've been blessed to hear it uh, a few times, um, which brought you not just to the church, or this, but to have a very strong uh, pro-life stance. And you already mentioned a little bit about the, the experience you had with your girlfriend at the time with the abortion. How... How did that experience come back to you in, in the sense that you felt that you were being called to take a stand for life now as a, as, a, as a Christian, as a Catholic? Well, you know, it took me a long time to really get the full magnitude of what I'd been involved with. You know, I was Christian for quite some time, probably 15 years before 
I actually really got it how important this issue of abortion was and how uh, incredibly selfish I was by sacrificing, uh, you know, my, my children on the altar of my ambition. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, uh, it was really around uh, 2001 or so I got introduced to the people who were doing the National March for Life um, because of my Christian music, uh, you know, thing that was happening. Yeah. And just by talking with the people involved and, and by witnessing with them, and then one day just really connecting up with what I'd actually done, you know, it was the Lord just downloaded into my heart this incredible pain, uh, you know, uh, over my children. And then I had a, a dream about uh, about hitting this little girl with a car, you know, and uh, and then I saw... In this meditation, uh, I saw her uh, standing beside Mother Mary and, uh, and saying, you know, this is your daughter, David. And I'm like, can I talk to her? You know, yes. And how do I know she's in heaven? Well, she's with me, isn't she? Where am I? Mm-hmm. Right? And then I got this incredible feeling of love, you know, and uh, I just really asked my, my daughter forgiveness uh, for what I had done, the selfishness I, you know, Done. And, and since then, I've been speak. I speak to probably about uh, I don't know ten thousand young people a year uh, about abortion, going into schools and sometimes you know different radio things or whatever, and on my website, right. uh, helping young people to make a decision and a choice not only to stand up for life if they find themselves in a pregnancy situation, but also to stand up politically for life and, and do this type of thing. And, and today's a big day, of course, uh, the National March for yes. Life at noon. Uh, we are uh, going to be uh, celebrating life, and we're also going to be telling our government how important it is that they consider the unborn in their legislation. And we will have, uh, we're estimating about 15,000 people there, and of those, it'll be 5,000 young people. Yes, that's awesome. Just a note for anyone that might be joining the program at this time, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm your host, Pedro. We're speaking with our featured artist of the week, David McDonald. So, David, um, thank you for, for, the, for the information about the, the National March for Life. Uh, what is your involvement with the march this year? Um, well, I'm I'm running the band, and I'm uh, I'm also behind the scenes. I do all of the equipment uh, rentals and all that kind of thing. So I'm very much on the organizing committee. Um, but I also, uh, you know, run the band and I sing and I write a theme song for it. But I, I'm bring I brought in a really good young singer this year from uh, the Hamilton area, Ancaster, oh. named Cal- uh, Kathleen Dunn, and she's going to be singing with our band today, uh, singing a theme song that I wrote. And uh, she's like 19 years old. And she practices chastity and she goes to Our Lady Seat of Wisdom Academy, and she's really heavy into her Catholic faith and into telling her peers about chastity. So. So, you know, the next thing for me to do is to really hand off this this uh, this love of music and the pro-life movement to the younger generation and to give them a chance to come on up and, and come alongside them and, and nurture them and mentor them. Yeah. Now, David, we've been listening to uh, a couple of your songs so far, uh, Across and Holy of Holies. Um, what, did you get the sense that when you were being changed by God that that he was telling you that he was taking your music away from you and then how was the the moment where you realized that the music was not being taken away from you but that in fact it was it was you were being called to use the music for this for this new uh this new call well, right after, it's, you're absolutely right, Pedro. Right after I had that experience with the Lord, 
and I really had a sense that he wanted me to give up music completely, and, and I gave away everything, $20,000 worth of equipment, and I sold it rock bottom cheap and everything, just, you know, and I worked in a charity and eventually went back to school, never thought I'd ever do music ever again. I couldn't sing anyway during those days. Mm-hmm. And it was on a Curcio retreat uh, uh, 10 years later when all of a sudden they, there was just this teaching about Christ is at the center of a spiritual life, and I, I thought, I wonder if I could write a song for Christ. You know, it just came mm-hmm. through my head. I hadn't touched an instrument in 10 years, and I, and I just, I don't know, I just picked up a guitar that was beside me, and I just started singing this song, Love at the Center, and, you know, and, and, I, and I sang it, and my voice sort of came back uh, uh, by that time, and... Uh, and everybody, nobody knew that I was a singer, you know. Right. And so there was this incredible uh, feeling of joy in the audience, and everybody was like, wow, this is amazing. We all sang together this theme song that I wrote, uh, and that was the beginning of it. That was 1998. And, and so I sang for, I was touring for about 10 years, doing quite a bit in India, and of course the World Youth Days, and all the yes. Europe, and all that kind of thing down in the U.S., and things were going really well. Um, and then on the European tour, I, blew, I should say, uh, after World Youth Day in, in Sydney, I blew my voice out in India again. And, uh, and I was wondering, Lord, wait a second, I'm on the red team here. What are you doing? Why are you taking my voice away again? And it was really because uh, there was this woman on my heart, and I've been practicing chastity, of course, for the last 10 years and, and not involved in any relationships. And um, and this beautiful woman, Kirsten, came into my life, and uh, and I was able through all of this to kind of see the incredible uh, gift that God had for me, and that he, what He was giving to me. And so uh, uh, I, we're moving towards marriage now. That's that is that's such a good story. I mean, I really encourage people to go to CatholicBridge.com. And, and read the full testimony, find out more about David. You're not just a pro-life speaker, you're, a, you're, a, you're an accomplished singer and songwriter. There's lots, of, lots more uh, inside of you, David, to come out, I'm sure. And, uh, and uh, just many blessings on this upcoming marriage between you and Kirsten. Um, thank oh, you for thanks. being with us today. Thank you, Pedro. God bless and have fun at the march. <laughs> yeah. That was a conversation I had with David McDonald last Thursday as he was preparing for the National March for Life in Ottawa. May 14th marked 41 years since the Canadian Parliament passed the infamous omnibus bill, Bill C-150, the legislation which decriminalized contraception, abortion, and homosexuality. In Canada today, there is no law restricting abortion, even up to the moment before birth. For more information, you can visit the Campaign Life Coalition website campaignlifecoalition.com Here now is David McDonald with his pro-life song Life is the Only Choice I was climbing the ladder I didn't know my morals were shattered by my ambition Oh no Lord I was looking for glamour I didn't know I was taking a hammer to my conscience And everything I should have treasured I was lost in this world That knows nothing about love
Nothing more than racing after emptiness Chasing the wind I lost my mind, everything I owned I lost my child and my soul My mad rush for security I didn't know life is precious From beginning to end Something we must That concludes this special edition of Salt and Light Radio. Be sure to visit us at saltandlighttv.org. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Thank you for listening. <laughs>